Hello. Hello! Welcome to Sit for a Spell, a podcast where we discuss the lore, the traditions, and modern practices of the occult. Learn alongside us as we explore the many ways the witches of today observe their craft. So grab your book of shadows, light your candles. It's time, time to, to sit, sit for a spell. Hello and welcome Hi. to Patreon welcomes patreon corner <laughs> that you're gonna say patreon.com <laughs> no i think we are now the whole website this every time uh patron shout out patron shout out there we go we would like to welcome l's thank you <gasps> for joining our what was it a apprentice level yes Thank you so much. Thank you so much for your support. Love you. We welcome you with open arms. Let us shower you with our awkward love. We look forward to interacting with you. It's going to be great. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Anybody else who's listening, feel free to head over to patreon.com slash the first bell pod and join us. We have four tiers um, that you could join and they are monthly. And if you feel like you just want a quick little shout out and that's it, that's fine. We also have Mm -hmm. one where you um, get just a sticker and a bonus episode. And then it goes all the way up to where you get live monthly interactions, a bonus episode, a whole entire t-shirt and a sticker. (laughs) So (laughs) not a half t-shirt, not just a sleeve. Um, (laughs) So if you would like to do that, head on over and check that out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Okay, bye. Bye. Hello. Hello, and welcome to Sit for a Spell Podcast. I'm Jess. I'm James. Welcome back. Welcome. Hello. Yay. Yay. It's a beautiful Sunday morning. I'm going to a pumpkin patch today. How fun. We had a little semi, uh, well, not a party. It was like a get together last night. Gathering. Gathering. That was fun. Halloween. It was fun. Oh, we had our first Zoom. Um, We did. We had our first Zoom with our patrons. That was super nice. It was really nice. Yeah. So get on Patreon, everybody. It's fun. You can talk to us, have a conversation, be our friends. Yay! <laughs> We're nice, I swear. <laughs> we are nice. Oh man, it was yeah. really fun though. It was really. It was. It was. The bad thing about it is like Zoom cuts it off at forty minutes. Yeah, because we don't want to um, pay for it. <laughs> mm-mm. Mm-mm. Unless you, unless we get more patrons, then we can pay for it. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Very true. Um, the more but it was nice. It was a nice little talk. conversation. It was. So so that was fun. Um, yeah. But so something a little less fun probably Ooh. that's going to be happening here soon. Um, so as you all know, this is not our full-time job. Jess is a teacher and a new mom and I have multiple jobs and I'm also a mom and things have just gotten um very 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 busy like very busy extremely busy Mm -hmm. (laughs) like ridiculous 
Um, this is kind of the season for it too. Yeah. So. Yeah, if you work in education, you know that like basically the first semester is like ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> like once schools like August to like December, basically. February, I would argue. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think it ever ends. But um, so all that to say is we are going to be um, slowing things down a little bit here. We really have tried to give you guys new um, episodes every week, but we're going to be switching that over to every other week for now until yeah. we can sort of mm -hmm. like get a handle on things. Yeah. I'm sure Jess feels the same, um, but I tend to feel like badly when we have to do re-releases. Mm -hmm. um, just because like we both really enjoy giving new content and um, oh yeah, mm -hmm. most of the time, I would say 95% of the time when we do a re-release, it's because it's like literally out of our control and we just want to put something up. Yeah. But um. Sometimes they're scheduled, but most of the time they're not. And usually it's because we can't, uh, something goes on when we try to record and we just can't do mm -hmm. it. Yeah. And it's frustrating. So to ease our frustrations and to, um, I don't know, just be able to dedicate a little more time to each episode. Yeah. We're just going to be doing that. Each episode will be a little bit more, um, I think, well-researched. Not that ours weren't well-researched, but... You know, like we will be able to spend the time on the individual episodes. Um, and it's it's just, you know, it's a lot right now, which is fine. Yeah. And we've been doing this yeah. for two years. It's fine. Um, yeah. So this episode will go up on October 28th. So they'll start every other from there. So the next one will go. Um, you'll have one October 28th. And then the next one will go November 11th, November 25th and you know, so on and so forth. Yeah. Um, it's not, it doesn't, this isn't going to maybe be permanent, um, but just for now. Yeah. Yeah. Like Jess said, I think we, we just want to be able to spend more, maybe more in depth episodes, give it a little more time. Cause yeah, in addition to all of our jobs and including being mothers, we also do our own research. So mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Like we've said many times, it's just Jess and I. So, and then Jess yeah. edits all the episodes, and that takes a long time. And then, you know, it gets to be a lot sometimes. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we're giving ourselves permission to take a little bit of a breather. So, come to you every other week. And then, if you are on Patreon, we are still going to be doing our bonus episodes in between those weeks and then our yeah. live interactions. So, basically, mm -hmm. if you're on Patreon, you will still get weekly content. Yeah. Um, and then once we feel like we want to come back to the weekly thing, then you'll just have even yeah. more. Because we're going to space it out so that on Patreon, I don't want to give exact dates because our lives are in constant flux. But <laughs> yeah. so we already did our bonus episode in our live for October. Um, so now we're moving into November. You guys are going to get two regular episodes on the 11th and the 25th. And then we'll try to sparse out the um, bonus episode and the live interaction um, to the other off weeks so that, yeah. like James said, we're still getting um, content. So if you do want to head over there, um, you do get that bonus episode um, for the second tier. So, you know, if you yeah. miss us, 
We could if do you that. feel so inclined. That's not why we're doing this break. We're doing this break because we're literally going insane. Um, right. <laughs> it just happened to coincide. <laughs> yeah. It really yeah. did. Yeah. Because if you are on Patreon, I mean, you're going to you're going to get those things anyway. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think we're over explaining. I think people know you what we mean and you understand. It. <laughs> but Jess and I are constant like over explainers and guilty people so <laughs> yes yes indeed so but i mean this is a free podcast you know so we hope you enjoy it um no matter how much or little we are yeah creating new content but and we can do whatever we want it's our podcast. we really can <laughs> we really can but so that's a little bit of our housekeeping we didn't come to this uh decision lightly we thought about it i think no have we done this before i don't remember i feel like we did uh well i remember when you had the baby we pre-recorded a bunch oh maybe that's what we did we pre-recorded that was fun (laughs) we pre-recorded three months worth of (laughs) episodes we should do that again that was nice (laughs) (laughs) that was nice (laughs) The only thing that about that is that we couldn't we didn't talk about any like pop culture or anything. That's true. Any, any news, which is fine. It's not really what people come here for. If you're listening in the no. future, you're like mm, that happened six months ago. Yeah. So anyway, That's true. Anyways, anyway, what are we talking about today? Today, um, we are talking about. Um, Day of the Dead or Dia de los Muertos. Exciting. Yeah, so that is coming up soon. Um, it's kind of the perfect time to talk about this, um, especially because we won't have a new episode next week. Yeah. Um, the, the Day of the Dead, Dia de los Muertos, happens right after Halloween, mm-hmm. the, the first two days after Halloween. So it's the perfect time to get this done um so we are going to talk about that um my sources for today are history.com wikipedia.com and craftychica.com nice okay so what is dia de los muertos so it's commonly thought of as a mexican version of halloween and the true. two holidays do share some traditions, including things like costumes and parades. But Dia de los Muertos is a totally different thing. It has really nothing to do with Halloween whatsoever. It just happens to fall around Close. the same time. Yeah. So um, Dia de los Muertos or Day of the Dead, it's a Mexican holiday where families um, come welcome back the souls of their deceased relatives for a reunion. Um, this includes food and drinking and celebration. If you are Mexican or you know someone who is, you know, we don't need an excuse to like have a celebration. We love to just get around and drink and do karaoke mm-hmm. and, <laughs> you know, <laughs> we just love it. Yeah. Um, and also, um, I can't speak for all Mexican or Mexican-Americans everywhere, but um, those of us who grew up Catholic are very superstitious and very much believe in spirits and afterlife. So this is like the perfect uh, culmination of those two things. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So um, 
It's actually a blend of Mesoamerican rituals, European religions, and Spanish culture. And it is celebrated every year from midnight October 31st to midnight November 2nd. Yeah. So according to tradition, the gates of heaven or the after, um, oh, there was another word, like the spirit world. Afterlife. Yeah. There, there's another word that comes up a little bit later that I can't remember. Um, so basically the gates open up on midnight on October 31st and the spirits of children, um, they can come on November 1st for 24 hours uh-huh. to rejoin their families. Then they have to go back and then... Um, the night of November 1st at midnight, adult spirits come back on November 2nd. Oh. So they, they each get their own day. I didn't nice. know that. So one, um, on Day of the Dead, it's believed that the border between the spirit world and our world dissolves. And during this brief time, souls of the dead awaken and return to the living to feast, drink, dance, play music. People read poems. Sometimes they watch their favorite TV shows or movies, they just generally get together and like have a good time. A Remember good time. the dead. Yeah. Sort yeah. of make it like a celebration rather than something, you know, sad. something yeah. sad. I think death generally is a seen as a sad event. Yes. This is kind of a way to to make it a celebration. Yeah. So living family members, they treat their deceased loved ones like honored guests in their celebration. They leave favorite foods. They leave offerings at grave sites or on ofrendas. They build um, the ofrendas in their homes. And ofrendas are just basically um, altars to the dead. And we'll go into detail a little bit later about um, what the the different things mean and maybe how to build your own. Okay. So – Really quickly, I just wanted to talk about Day of the Dead versus All Souls Day, which is mm-hmm. a European tradition. Catholic, so in, right or no? Uh-huh, yeah. Okay. So in ancient Europe, pagan traditions, um, they took place in the fall and consisted of sort of the same things, bonfires, dancing, feasts. But when the uh, the Spanish, the Catholic church came in, they sort of, like they do, got rid of those things, but then adopted certain um, certain customs into their holidays. Yeah, it was more of like an osmosis situation. Yes, exactly. So um, there's a few things that survived um, in um, into the Catholic holidays of All Saints Day and All Souls Day. And um, they are, again, on the first two days of November, um, and in, in, in medieval Spain, people would bring wine and spirit bread. They called pan, pan de animas to the graves of their loved ones on All Souls Day. They would cover the graves in flowers and light candles so that they could light the way back from the spirit world um, to their homes. It's nice. So those few things kind of, um, yeah, because if you know things about American history, you know, the Spanish kind of like took over everywhere yep. and especially in um mexico not yeah. especially mexico but also in mexico yeah so there are mexico a lot of things that were america. adopted yeah okay so a little bit of history of day of the dead so it goes back more than three thousand years um there are 
rituals honoring the dead in pre-Columbian Mesoamerica, the Aztecs and other Nahua people living in what is now central Mexico, they held a like a circle of life cyclical view of the of the universe. They saw death as an integral part and an ever present part of life. Yeah. They believed when a person died, they traveled to the land of the dead um, called Chikunamiklan. And that there, they had to go through nine levels of challenges in a four-year voyage. Oh. And once they passed through each level and met each challenge, they could then rest in their final resting place in the land of the dead. Four so during years. These, yeah, during these four Wait, years. Can I clarify? Are they yeah. um, past? Is it their spirit or is it their human body in the four years? It's their spirit. Yeah. So okay. once they pass, then they have to go through all of these challenges. Oh, okay. 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 Yeah. So during this time, family members were to provide food here in the living realm, food, water, and tools to help their loved ones get through the journey. Hmm. Then after four years, they made their way. They made their way to their final resting place, and then they would come back once a year to to visit. That's nice. So they yeah. were like, were they um, kind of like in the vein of the ancient Egyptians, where they were burying right. things, or was it like they were specifically brought them like later? Like from what I can grave. tell, they these sorts of things were sort of brought to the graves. Okay, and left That's there. Cool. Yeah. So they would just kind of decorate the graves, leave food, leave water, leave tequila, leave a bunch mm. of, you know, Actually, other things. Gross. I hate tequila. But oh, I love mm. I love tequila. <laughs> I'll drink it. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> so other rituals that inspired contemporary Day of the Dead practices is oh, here, leaving food, drinks, offerings on the loved ones' graves or leaving altars leaving them out on altars in their homes which again are known as ofrendas yeah so honoring and communing with the dead continued through um there was so after the war of independence um from spain in 1821 there was 36 years where 50 different governments ruled mexico holy yeah so during these like crazy times, this practice still held up. They, um, yeah, they really held, and I feel like that happens a lot. Sort of like when it countries does. or a people are going through turbulent times, they really cling and stick to their traditions. Sort of like they do, they do. Yeah, it's so, very true. They hold tight to what they can control, and what they control, right. what they can control, is their tradition. Yeah. It's like a way to just like have some, yeah, some, they feel like they can have some control. That's, yeah. Some normalcy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So this is a copy paste um, from history.com. When the Mexican Liberal Party led by Benito, Benito Juarez won the war of reform in December 1860, the separation of church and state prevailed, but Dia de los Muertos remained a religious celebration for many in the rural heart of Mexico. Elsewhere, the holiday became more secular and more popular, popularized as part of a national culture. Some started the holiday's tradition as a form of political commentary. Um, Interesting. Yeah, which I think, um, again, tends to happen with these sorts of 
traditions. Think about like Christmas. Like a lot of people who celebrate Christmas don't really, first of all, don't really know like the roots of the holiday. Oh yeah, for sure. And then secondly, and then they get don't all butt hurt when they find out about it, and it's like everything's <laughs> pagan, you guys. Yeah, everyone everything. is witches. Everyone. everyone is witches. Okay, you sing, you blow, you make wishes on your birthday candles. You're a you're witch. a witch. Like, <laughs> that's that's what that is. Um, but I I think a lot of people who celebrate Christmas aren't necessarily Christian or Catholic. You know, they're not doing it for religious reasons it's just yeah yeah it's fun you know like you there's santa and there's presents and it's like it's about more like a like a feeling rather than like honoring a specific god yes exactly like i myself am one of these people so over the decades um celebrations honoring the dead the skulls and the paper picado which are those um those colorful like squares that have um, images cut into it. Yes. I see like hanging. Those are meant to represent wind and those are supposed to help guide the souls back home as well. Because you can see the wind in them. Yeah. And people people make like crazy beautiful ones beautiful. that are super intricate. Yeah. Or you can make them super simple. Yeah. Either way. Um, so these things found their way into northern Mexico and into parts of the U.S., especially the southern U.S., places like Texas, um, California, places that kind of share borders with Mexico and have a lot yeah. of Mexican-Americans living there. Yeah. In the 1970s, the Chicano movement, which was a movement by Mexican-Americans for civil rights, they used altars, art exhibits, and parades or processions to celebrate Mexican heritage and embrace their culture. So I did want to talk a minute about the Chicano movement because this is something that I learned about, like, literally as I was doing this <laughs> research. Yeah. But before we do, I did want to talk a second about support for today's episode. Yes, please. So support for Sit for a Spell is brought by, to you by Manscaped, who is the best in below-the-waist grooming and hygiene. Manscaped offers precision engineering tools for your family jewels. Manscaped just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. That's right, 4.0. You can join the over 2 million people worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer just for our listeners. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code SIP for a spell at manscaped.com. Um, we've talked about this before, but Jess and I were some of the first people to try the 4.0. Mm -hmm. Yep. And uh, what did you think about it, Jess? Smooth. <laughs> <laughs> I know that sounds funny, but if you are um, someone who. Um, I don't know, enjoys grooming. You will understand what I mean. <laughs> yes. Um, and some products just aren't smooth and it, they're smooth. Just uh, like super easy to use, right? Yes. Very easy to use. Like one of my favorite things is about the Lawnmower 4.0 is it has customizable links. So you can customize your trim. It has the sizes one to four. There's wireless charging it uses um, electromagnetic induction, which is so fancy. 
Fancy. to help bed the battery length last longer. It also has a um, 400K LED spotlight if you yeah, need a more precise cool. shave. So you can like, maybe you're in a bathroom that doesn't have the best lighting. This will help traveling. you traveling. It helped traveling for sure. Exactly. Yeah. There's also, it includes a multifunction on-off switch that you can engage as a travel lock. So it's not going to mess it up when you're traveling. So it's time to get your own hair and body trimmer with Manscaped to make me time the best time and enhance your confidence. You can get 20% off and free shipping with the code SIPFIRSTBELL at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping worldwide at manscaped.com. Use the code SIPFIRSTBELL. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with manscaped.com. Nice. Okay. Well, thanks, Manscaped. Okay, so a little bit about the Chicano movement. Leading up to the 1960s, um, Mexican-Americans, they had endured decades of discrimination in the U.S. and the Southwest, the West and Southwest. Yeah. Um, here's a little, Jess probably knows this, but there's a little um, history lesson for you. After the Treaty of Guadalupe Hidalgo put an end to the Mexican-American War in 1848, Mexicans who chose to remain on territory ceded to the United States, were promised citizenship and, quote, the right to their property, language, and culture. Um, so this would be like California. Um, was Texas part of that, Justin? Some parts of it, and I believe some parts of New Mexico. I could be totally wrong, but I know there was a big chunk of California. Yeah. Um, so, and like, these things tend to happen in this way. Mexicans in America, um, even those who later immigrated and those who lived here before the U.S. borders shifted, they found themselves living as second-class citizens. Um, land grants that were promised after the Mexican-American War, they were denied by the U.S. government, which led to a lot of um, poverty and mm -hmm. um, in the area. And because... I mean, we could get we could rant about the government for now, right now. But <laughs> I already had like some stuff lined. Like as you're talking, I'm like, mm -hmm, I'm gonna say this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> because basically, the United States government, whenever we would do this with um, land treaties with Native Americans, with Mexico, mm -hmm. um, even with Canada, the Native peoples up in the north, um, it, it it was a scam. We were shysters, like total, hundred yeah. percent scam yeah. and yeah. we would say one thing like yeah we'll offer you protection you'll be a full citizen you'll get money um you'll get this land back eventually no mm -hmm. it was a bold face lie they knew what they were doing they were never going to give it back they were never going to follow through yeah. during that time period of expansion the because we've had really good parts of american government and we've had really shitty parts of american government mm. and that was definitely a really long reign of shittiness shittiness yeah my son uh is learning about american history right now and we just got to i say week them homeschooling we just got to the um oh shoot the war of 1812 Oh, yeah. They burned down the original White House. Yeah. And um, all of the, like, 
everything that happened to like uh, Native Americans after that because they had um, sided with the British and things like that. Yeah, they did. just um, because they didn't want like the U.S. to basically take all their land. So they were like, "What do we do? We're going to just side with someone." Oh yeah, who they has thought it was absolutely firepower option. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like they would get their land back. So it was just. I, I try not to like go on rants when, I, when I'm teaching my son about this, but yeah, it's really hard not to because there's um, oh yeah there's a lot of- when when I taught history, my students knew it was so easy. All they had to do was ask me one question, and like whatever the question <laughs> was, and I would be off off yeah. on a rant, and I would just walk around the room or sit in a chair, and we would I would just rant. Yes, and I would well, just go. go. They should know. But we didn't learn this stuff. I feel like I didn't learn this in when I learned about American history. No, you like, don't. You wouldn't unless you took advanced courses like I did in college. Yeah. No. And then you're like, I will, wait, wait a second. Why are we I will say college, but not high school? Yeah. Well, I will say I was pleasantly surprised about the way they were teaching it. Um, they did talk a lot about the suffering and the injustices done to Native Americans, which I feel like they didn't used to do that. No, In it's the, new. Yeah. So I was like, new-ish. okay, they're newish over like the last I don't know, 10, 15 years. And yeah, what's what sucks about curriculum is that um it high school and and elementary school curriculums do not change very often it's extremely expensive right right so and i think that's why we do learn more once we get into college because in college it's it, even though it's a money making scam basically like we're going to change the edition and like you have to buy this edition and you know right. what i mean but yeah. if but at the same time, because they're constantly changing editions of things, there's constantly new information. When mm. in high school and elementary school, a school or district will maybe change their curriculum every five to seven years. So oh, wow. it the information trickles down a lot slower. And you really right. only learn history in like fourth and sixth grade. And then you have a set class in seventh and eighth grade and then on through high school but you're learning the base and you're not learning i mean you know history is written by the winners and right so it's not until you get into deeper level courses if that's what you want to do when you actually learn like what's going on yeah i was and this is an online um course that he's taking so maybe they Mm -hmm. maybe this program updates a little bit better or faster because it, it's not physical books it's all online mm-hmm. but I was pleasantly surprised but I did have to kind of tell him a little bit more they kind of like talked about it for a couple sentences and then like just moved on yeah but I was like listen like this is what happened and I'm oh, just gonna yeah, like all you're gonna get yeah pretty much yeah well okay so then throughout the 20th century um many Mexican-Americans attempted to assimilate and some of them even filed legal cases to push for their community as Mexican-Americans to be recognized as a class of white Americans so they could gain civil rights. Yeah. But by the late six, 1960s, those in the Chicano movement abandoned efforts to blend in and fully embraced their heritage. 
They adopted the term Chicano or Gicano with an X, um, which is taking on a name that was for a long time a racial slur. Mm-hmm. And they wore it like a badge of honor. Okay. So instead of only recognizing their Spanish or European backgrounds, Chicanos now celebrated their indigenous and African roots. So bringing it back to Day of the Dead, the leaders of the Chicano movement would use images um, and traditions of Day of the Dead to celebrate their Mexican heritage all year long. Okay. In the 1980s, Day of the Dead altars were set up to honor victims of the AIDS epidemic. They were um, used to honor those thousands who disappeared during Mexico's drug wars and for those lost in the 1985 um, earthquake in Mexico. Mm. In 2019, mourners set up a giant altar with ofrendas outside of Walmart in El Paso, where a gunman targeting Latinos killed 22 people. Mm. So reading about those types of things, it just, it made me feel that these sort of traditions, they're a way to, I'm trying to think of like what I'm trying to say. Like they're a way again to like control the chaos. Yeah. Like when, things are happening that feel out of your control you think like well what are the things i can do yes i can honor the dead i can set up these altars and you come together as a community to sort of mourn together but still celebrate those that you've lost yeah and um i feel like that's really beautiful it is very beautiful yeah this um uh, personally as a Mexican-American who very recently has been trying to like get back into their culture. I feel like something like this, you think about it, okay, you're setting up altars and you get the base of it, but having done more of this research, it feels like it's, it feels, um, it keeps coming back to like, it's, it's political. Like it's like a fuck you to like, Mm -hmm to the people who are trying to change your culture and are trying to get rid of your traditions. Absolutely. So I feel, it makes me feel very proud. Yeah. It should, it, it, yeah. It's something to be very proud of. Yeah. And I'm, I'm proud to be um, teaching my son about it too, which is, which is something that wasn't taught to me because we were, we were these people who were yeah. trying mm-hmm. to assimilate. And I feel like we, um, we're still trying to get that back, you know, where yes, so much of it was lost. But, okay, so how is um, Day of the Dead celebrated? So one of the most common ways Day of the Dead is celebrated. So they do, they do, there are things that are done like parades, um, like huge parades. You'll see people dressed up in skulls, dressed um, with flowers. They're holding big like signs with skeletons. That's a big big part of it but if you're someone maybe you're not in mexico um one big way and really common way to celebrate day of the dead is with an ofrenda mm-hmm. so this is an altar in your home that's used to honor deceased loved ones you can decorate it with candles with marigolds orange marigolds called um kempa suchil uh, mm-hmm. which they're also very fragrant which is supposed to help guide soul's home Mm. um red coxcomb which is another type of flower 
um, candles. Did I say candles already? Yeah, I did. Um, family okay. photos, items belonging to the deceased, offerings of food like tamales, chili, water, tequila, other favorites of the deceased. You can also put those on the ofrenda. Um, Copal incense used for ceremonies uh, back in ancient times. They're lit, and those are also said to draw spirits. You can use sugar skulls made out of clay, which are painted and decorated with feathers and foil and icing. You could put the names um, of the deceased ones across the foreheads of the the clay skulls. Mm -hmm. You want your altar to include all four elements of life, so water and the foods for earth the candle for fire and for wind, that papel picado, that, that paper, the brightly colored paper. Mm. Um, you can also, if you are so inclined, include things like a crucifix or in an image of the Virgin Mary or the Virgin of Guadalupe. That's um, Mexico's patron saint of in the altar. Mm -hmm. um, in Mexico, families clean the graves at cemeteries in preparation for spirits. And on the night of November 2nd, they take food to the cemetery to attract the spirits and share in a community celebration. There's bands and dancing and food and just general merriment um, because that's what we love to do. <laughs> so yeah. the most well-known symbol of the holiday are calicas and calaveras, which are skeletons and skulls. Yeah. The Aztecs used skulls to honor the dead a millennium before Day of the Dead celebrations were even a thing. Mm. Um, skulls were placed in Aztec temples, and people today commonly wear skull masks or paint their faces to look like skulls and wear um, flowers in their crowns in their hair. Yeah. The um, the Spanish all soul day ritual of Pan de Animas the, is reflected in Pan de Muerto, which is a sweet a traditional sweetbread that is used in Day of the Dead celebrations today. Mm. There's also a drink that's very um, traditional. It's um, it's a spicy, like dark chocolate, like cinnamony drink. It's called atole, and it's oh my god, it's the best. <laughs> if you like, if you like hot chocolate, like if you, I don't know where you can get it around you. You can get it at like Mexican bakeries and stuff. Um, mm -hmm. If there are, if they are around you, or even um, if you're in Southern California, King Taco has has it sometimes. Yeah, it is so good. It is like the best when it's cold. Our local, oh. um, our local Rio Rancho market. Um, yeah, they do it. I think they've probably already started. Yeah, probably. Have you had it? I have, yeah, it's really good. Oh, they they set up a whole best. thing, like they yeah. like move their store around and like in the uh, in the um, produce area, and they like create this whole section of like tamales and the drinks mm. and um, flowers, and they just have Which everything is, set up so you can just go in and and the breads and buy everything. Oh, it's like a whole like day it's of the dead a whole section. Section, yeah, that's really cool. It is very cool. Um, this, like these foods and drinks are like another reason why this is a, my favorite time of year because <laughs> yeah. everything is so good and it's everything because it's cold. It never gets cold in California, but it gets cold around this time of year and it's like, yeah, just so cozy, cozy. I just love it. Journalist and author Mary Dre Andrade says people are really dead when you forget about them. And if you think about them, they're alive. 
in your mind and alive in your heart. When people are creating an altar, they're thinking about that person who was gone and thinking about their own mortality to be strong and to accept it with dignity. Hmm. Oh, it makes it's me want to nice. cry. I know. It's beautiful. <laughs> this whole thing really made me want to cry like multiple times. <laughs> it's very emotional. It is. Yeah. So if you are someone who maybe wants to try making your own ofrenda, um, mm-hmm. here are some tips. Like I said, someone who is Mexican-American, we didn't do this growing up, um, even though we are from central Mexico. It's just mm-hmm. kind of one of those things that fell off when um, we came up this way. Yeah. Um, and there's so many different ways people say you should do it or could do it. But here's just like a really simple thing. And if you are not Mexican-American, I don't speak for all Mexican-Americans, all Mexicans. I don't I don't personally have an issue with someone else doing this mm-hmm. because everyone has lo- lost loved ones and yes. everyone wants to feel connected to those lost loved ones. Absolutely. Um uh, on the other hand, if you are someone who does not speak up for um, people of color or Mexicans or Mexican Americans and or are actively trying to uh, stop uh, stop the advancement of those people and then you're gonna turn around and do this like that's not okay. Yeah, but if you are someone who is respectful, and believes in equal equality and speaks up for those who don't uh, tend to get the same sort of uh, opportunities as others. Yeah. Then I say go for it. Like there's a difference between like being respectful and, and taking part in a tradition and then just like doing it for like Instagram. Yes, know? exactly. When you're like turning mm-hmm. around and not speaking up for the people who are behind this tradition. <laughs> Yes. If that makes sense. I'm trying to. It does. It does. Okay. Um, That being said, use your own best discretion um, and just be respectful, really, um, above all else. Like when many things we talk about. Mm -hmm. Just have some respect. Okay. So when you are making your um, your altar, your ofrenda, it's always best to have a specific person in mind or specific people in mind Mm -hmm. it can definitely be for multiple people um many uh, ofrendas contain multiple tears to please deceased loved ones and make them happy when they return Mm -hmm. so um for the most part that um and that doesn't have to be super extravagant at all and you could all be one tier say you don't have um the room or the uh, the means to make multiple tiers but you could definitely do these things with things you find at like the dollar tree just to oh, create yeah. different heights and stuff but you don't have to but this is just traditionally how they are done yeah so the bottom tier which is like the base tier is the most practical it's filled with candles to help light the way um for your loved ones and water so that the dead can refresh themselves you can also include a basin for washing and a mirror for the dead to see themselves. Hmm. You can include um, on the candles, you can embellish them, you can put pictures on them. Um, you can kind of just make it as fancy as you want. Yeah. In the second tier, this is um, traditionally where the food and the favorite items are. 
this is to help the dead feel more welcome and more at home after their long journey back. Mm. This is where people put things like tamales or mole, sugarcane, fruit, liquor. You can add things that are favorites. So say you have um, like my, um, my tata, my grandfather, he loved tecate, the beer, like the Mexican beer. So I would put like a can of that there or like a cup of it, you know, just, there was a, examples here of um, this woman and her father was like a smoker. So she would put like a pack of cigarettes out. So just certain yeah. things. We really put a cu- pack of cigarettes out for Michael's grandpa. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. Like per- yeah. you just want to really, you can, that's where you want to put like the favorite things. Of yeah. The, person. the top tier is where you identify the person who you, um, for whom you have created this altar. Mm-hmm. You can add photos. You can, um, this is where you can add religious items or saints if that's your thing. You can put, um, you can put, um, if you, your deceased loved one had a favorite saint or had a saint that they prayed to often, you can mm-hmm. put those things there. For the pictures of the people, you can embellish the frames. You can put flowers or, um, just different, you know, make them, make them elaborate, make them colorful. You want to make it really inviting and colorful for your loved ones. Yeah. Um, all over the altar, you can add the marigolds or um, other flowers, things like that. You, the, like I said, the marigolds are said to be especially enticing because they have a strong floral scent and the fact that marigolds represent the fragility of life. Okay. Yeah, the vibrancy of the color is also said to attract spirits to the altar. If the person you are trying to contact is a child, and you can add toys or say someone, if they're an adult and they just were a collector of certain things, Yeah. um, you can add some of their favorite collectibles or pictures of the thing, different collectibles that they liked. You just want to really make it as personal as you can. Like you don't really want to look up a picture on Google or Instagram and copy it, you know, placement for placement. You just want to really take your time and, if you are going to be making this with someone else, like I make this with my son, you can um, tell stories about the person. You can share stories. You can say poems, different things. You just want to really take the time to honor your deceased loved one and just remember them. Like um, if you've seen the movie Coco, <laughs> it's a, it's really like that. It's just remembering is the way to honoring. And isn't there like a quote like uh, – you die twice, like once when you your physical body dies and the next time yeah. after the last person who remembers you. Remembers you. Yeah, something yeah. like that. I butchered that, but you know what I mean. Um, I know. Yeah, just really take the time. I think it's, we've talked about this before, but like death is such a taboo thing and we try not to think about it. We try not to talk about it. And this really is the time to just not be not be so sad about it just think yeah. about think about yeah. the life you had with this person think about them coming to visit you and um you know just welcoming them back even if yes. it's just for the day yes but um that's it that's 
um, Dia de los Muertos. And of course, like we always say, this is like the base version of this. There's tons more that can go into it that we can go into. Um, if you're interested um, about the Chicano movement, uh, I did get that um, information from history.com. It goes into like Cesar Chavez and all that and the farm workers um, rights and liberation. And it's all very, very interesting that I wish I had more time to go into, but um, yeah. I definitely um, will. But yeah, that's that's the very baseline of Day of the Dead. Nice. Love it. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I teach it every year uh, uh, on my school site, and my students tell me what they do. Um, oh, that's so cute. Which is really nice. And so I have a whole activity planned for Monday and Tuesday. Um and I have always done it just because I've just coincidentally worked in school sites that have um, a high Hispanic population group. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I live in Southern California. So but yeah. <laughs> even when I moved to Arizona, like I would still do it because those kids like they don't know, you know. Yeah. So yeah. It, it wasn't nice until a few years ago that I even... Um, I mean, I always knew, I think we, <clears throat> we all always have known what like Day of the Dead is, you know, we've seen yeah. it, we've seen the sugar skulls and the costumes and things, but I think, um, learning about like the, the thing behind it and the traditions behind like the ofrendas specifically, yeah. um, is not a thing I even thought of until maybe like four or five years ago, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I think I think it's really important to. It I mean, is. personally. Mm-hmm. So I am happy to know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Wonderful. We hope you all learned something, and um, if you do make your own, be sure to tag us on Instagram because we'd love to see them. And like I said, if you are not Mexican or Mexican American but want to try again. I don't speak for everyone. I don't personally have an issue with it, especially if you are respectful about it. Um, Yeah. I think here, and this is me speaking as someone who might shouldn't be speaking about it, but um, (laughs) I think it's more in my experience with like making sure I'm being appropriate. Uh I think it's more like, and correct me if I'm wrong, the like costuming Yes. Like dressing up as like the cute quote, like sugar skull, cute things, you know. Right. For Halloween versus Halloween ones. Yeah. Having like an altar in your home. Yeah. And I think that is because that is um that is very uh superficial. Like you're dressing up this way because you like the way it looks, but you don't know the history behind it. Yeah, yeah. Um, there is like a whole history behind those types of costumes. Um, again, something I didn't include, there was, um, an artist in the, in the 1920s, I believe. And he sort of like, we've, I, I'm sure everyone has seen like that picture of the skeleton with like the big flower, like wide brimmed hat and the fancy clothes. Yeah. Um, that was a, a protest, um, a piece of art that was sort of like um, 
making a statement against those Mexicans who did sort of leave their heritage behind to um, side with the Spanish or with the French because she's dressed in like French clothing and like she's she's like dressed nicely. So he was sort of making a statement about um, those who were giving up their heritage for more comforts and like siding with like the quote unquote like enemy. Um, And it sort of became this like symbol of Day of the Dead. Um, So when it comes to those types of things, yeah, when you see, when you buy a costume at Spirit Halloween, that's, you know, just you're dressed up like a sugar skull or you're dressed up like one of those and it has a name that I'm forgetting now. Um, you're not doing any research. You're not thinking about the, the impact this, the impact that that image had on a, a nation or a people or a culture. That's it's yeah. the same as like dressing up like as a quote, like Indian princess or chief or, you know, like there's a whole yeah. culture there that have been, that have been uh have been reduced to sort of this one thing. Yeah. And, um, I think yeah, I think you're correct when it comes to that sort of dressing up that way. Yeah. Maybe maybe think twice. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Do you I I don't know. I feel like it's it's unless uh, it's culturally appropriate for you. But yeah, I mean, that's a decision for you to make. Yeah, and there's tons of people who are like, well, I'm going to do it anyway. And it's like, okay, well, I can't stop you. So yeah, <laughs> you do what you're going to do, I guess. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. I think it's funny that people who are, this is like neither here nor there, but it's like the people who um, are talking about, let's 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 reduce this down to like the republicans who are saying you know mexico is sending their rapists and they're not sending their best people and and then they turn around and they're like happy cinco de mayo and you know like it's a i don't i don't get the disconnect there no (laughs) i don't know people don't make sense it is make it make sense please it's too early for this too early yeah well that's that. That's Day of the Dead. Hopefully you learned something. I did. Hopefully you got through the rants okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that that was interesting. And I'm I'm makes me proud of my my heritage. Yeah. And to know where it comes from. It's so, beautiful. Yeah. Well, yeah. you made it this far. Thank you for listening. Thank you so um, much. Be sure to check out our Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash sit for a spell pod, I think it is. Mm-hmm. Sit for a spell pod. Yeah. Um, we also have our giveaway. So today's the 28th, I believe, and our giveaway goes until Halloween. Um, all you have to do is go on our Instagram, follow, like, and tag as many friends as you want individually for entries. Mm-hmm. And um, that's it. And you win some really cool stuff. So, yeah. And we are still adding things to the giveaway. So as always, I found always. something else. These little remember those little tarot stickers I got? It's like oh, the yeah. whole Smith White tarot deck, but they're stickers. So cute. Oh, it's like one sheet, and they're tiny little stickers. Like they're smaller than stamps, and I am obsessed with them. And I forgot about two sheets of them, so I'm gonna add one of those in there. Nice. They might have to be like cut in half (laughs) to fit (laughs) but 
we'll get him in there yeah we'll get him in there it'll be good yeah well um yeah head on over instagram give us a follow do all the things we appreciate you we appreciate you be nice be nice vaccinated if you can yes please be nice yay okay thanks for listening thank you okay bye bye thank you for listening to this episode of sit for a spell Please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on all social media at Sit for a Spell Pod. If you have anything you would like us to discuss or want to share your own practices, please email us at sitforaspellpod at gmail.com. Until next time, blessed be.